good morning again. Would you stand for the reading of God's words with me? I'm Susan, and it's so glad to, to be here with you guys today. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty expanse. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with trumpet sound and praise him with harp and lyre. Praise him with timbrel and dancing. Praise him with stringed instruments and pipe. Praise him with loud cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. May God's word breath bless you. Would you remain standing as we pray? Lord, we do. We praise you from the depths of our heart. Lord, let us quiet ourselves this morning that we might hear your praise from this congregation, from the earth, all that you've made. Lord, we praise you. Lord, we see this psalm and we invite you in, Lord, that we might be a blessing and praise your name. And the people of God said... Amen. You may be seated. Today is the conclusion of our sermon series on the book of Psalms. It has been a long journey. How many of you here when we started with Psalm 1 back in January? We started this song. And it's been a roller coaster. Before the Psalms, we were in the book of Romans, which is just a straightforward, like theological, exegetical uh, talk about how salvation works. And then we got to the Psalms. And Psalm 1 is like this high. We started off with, and it says, Blessed is the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners, sit in the seat of sinners, but he delights in the law of the Lord. He'll be like a tree planted by streams of water. And then from this high, we go down to Psalm 2, which is why do the nations conspire and the people plot in vain? Kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together. And then further down, we get to Psalm 3, which is where David writes this psalm running from his own son who wants to kill him and saying, Lord, how many are my foes? How they rise up against me. Many are saying, God will not deliver him, but you, Lord, are a shield around me. And then we start to go up from there, and, and we get to Psalms like Psalm 23, the Lord is our shepherd. But right before that, we get to this, probably the, one of the lowest Psalms, 22, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So the Psalms have taken us on this journey. Today we conclude it with Psalm 150, which is praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. This is how the Psalms end. This is how maybe the world ends. This is how our life ends with this exuberant praise. The, the end does not a minor key. The end is this exuberant praise that we get to talk about today. So turn in your Bibles, if you're not there already, to Psalm 150, and we will look at this psalm that says, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him, with all these different instruments. The word here in Hebrew is hallel. Would you say that with me? Hallel, thank you. So it's hallelujah, it's hallel, hall, praise, and then yah, yah like hallelujah, the, the word for God is in there. And it's this word that we see in the Psalms quite a bit. I have a chart. I didn't make this. Andrew Arndt made this chart. If you could put this chart up of the uses of the word Hallel in the book of Psalms. So on the X axis, taking you back to math class, is the Psalms in order, chapters. On the Y axis is this uh, use of Hallel, hallelujah. And we see that it is smattered throughout the Psalms until we get to the end. Around Psalm 140 and then on to this Psalm 150, we hear praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the 
the Lord. This is how the Psalms end. Look at this Psalm. Look at the different uh, instruments here. The harp, the lyre, which is like some sort of little guitar, the timbrel, which is some sort of uh, like tambourine and dancing and stringed instruments and pipe. And then it ends with praise him with cymbals and loud cymbals as if cymbals aren't enough. You have to praise him again with loud cymbals. This is what we just did. Some of you that maybe are new to New Life Manor Tour is like, why is it so loud in here? What's everybody so excited about? We are excited about praising the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you. So I have gotten the privilege uh, throughout my life of being in, in several different countries and seeing people praise the Lord in different churches. I've praised the Lord in Pakistan with a, in a house with just thatched roof. I've praised the Lord with Aaron Stern in mud floors of Africa, praising the Lord. I've praised the Lord in Guatemala with concrete buildings. I've praised the Lord. We talk, Sarah mentioned it was hot in here. No, it's not. I've been to India, praising the Lord outside in the shade, it's 120 degrees. And we come into this little room that's a tin roof. And I kid you not, my chapstick melts. And I looked later, it's like, what temperature does chapstick melt? It's like 140. So we, I've praised the Lord with other saints. This is not hot. And all these things, like the universal language of our faith is Christians getting together and praising the Lord. And each of these countries look very, very different, but we all get together and we praise the Lord. And I can't even, like I'm, I'm trying to praise the Lord in different languages. And, and there's the gift of tongues, which is another topic, but I literally am in China and have no idea what I'm saying and just singing along with these words until I get to the congregation singing the word, Hallelujah. I was like, oh, I get that word. I know that one. Because that's not even an English word. It's not an American word. It's an ancient Hebrew word. It means praise the Lord. And on all occasions, in all times, that should be our reaction in life of praising the Lord. It just should come out of us as the people of God. I heard a preacher joke, and I'll tell it now. It comes from uh, Skip Heitzig. Zach and I used to go to this church in New Mexico, Calvary. And, and this, this guy who uh, is a great preacher, his name is Skip, kind of an interesting name for a pe- preacher, but his name is Skip. And he tells the story of a guy years ago buying a horse before there was any cars. He bought a horse from a preacher. And the preacher said, it's a great horse. It had a great price. So he bought the horse. He said, now the only thing about this horse is I taught it to stop and go, not based upon like giddy up and woe, but instead, if you want the horse to go, you have to say, praise the Lord. And if you want the horse to stop, you have to say, amen. So he thought, no big deal. That's just the way you've taught this horse. That's kind of a weird, preachers are weird, whatever. Buys the horse, goes on his way. A storm rolls in. It starts to rain and getting a little muddy. And and then all of a sudden, lightning strikes. And this horse raises up and gets scared and just starts bolting and running towards who knows where. And the guy sees that the horse is running towards a cliff. And he's trying to remember, like, what what was the word to make this dumb horse stop? Like, He's saying, whoa, he's saying, stop. And he can't remember. Do you remember what it is? Amen. Amen. But he couldn't remember it. Finally, the horse is running towards the cliff. He's about to bail, probably going to go over because the ground is muddy. And he says, oh, yeah, I remember. Amen. Amen. Stops the horse right before the ledge. And he says, oh, let's out a sigh. Praise the Lord. (laughs) 
But that's just how it should be. We should just praise the Lord. The next point, point number two of four this morning, is praise him. We see this phrase again and again and again in this psalm. Praise him, praise him, praise him. One of the things I've done, I have four little boys, and we just memorize psalms together. Usually they want to play like a video game. It's like, okay, before you play the video game, let's say this psalm together. So Jay and I have learned lots of psalms. Uh, Max has like three, he's three years old. I think he has three uh, psalms under his belt. Rowan has maybe 10 psalms under his belt. And and it's just, just, it's just something we do in the Kirkendall house. So the very first psalm that Rowan learned before he could probably even make sense as to what he was even saying was this psalm. Psalm 150, and we had all these little hand motions. So praise the Lord, and he'd say, praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty expanse. Praise him for his mighty deeds. And then we say, praise him, and he would say, timbrel and dancing. Praise him with harp and lyre. We had all these little things, and we just learned this phrase from a very early age, praise him. What does it mean? Well, I had to look it up in the dictionary. I think we, there's some words in our Christian faith that we just say, and someone asked us, like, well, what does that even mean? We kind of are at a loss. Well, what does, what does that mean to praise the Lord? Here's the dictionary definition, to express warm approval or admiration of, to express one's respect, respect gratitude towards, especially in song, to brag or to boast about something. And we can praise anything. We can praise inanimate objects. We can praise the city. Like I often talk about Manitou. I love this city. I say, oh, Manitou's great. It's right at the foot of Pikes Peak. It's beautiful. Like tourists come into town and they just stick out their phone out the window on record and can't keep their eyes on the road because it's so beautiful. Manitou is known for these little waters, these springs that come up and they taste delicious. No matter what the tourist will tell you, it tastes delicious. It's awesome. People that live in Manitou love to just show people around Manitou. They love and they're proud to be called Manitoids, right? Manitoids, amen. Um, and so we could, we could brag about things. We could brag about people. We could praise people. I could praise my friend Aaron Stern here, who I've, I've told lots of stories about being in college ministry. And Aaron was the, the leader, the founder of the college ministry. And I could go on and on about his leadership, his, the way that like I know of no one else that can just bring people in to serving and serving the Lord with such joy as Aaron can. I could praise my wife and say, oh, she's beautiful. She's here in the front row with red hair and she's awesome. She's the mother of my children. Couldn't ask for anything more. We can praise people and there is power in praise when we praise something or people. And even more so, there is power when we praise the Lord. When we praise God, there is power in that. I think about in my life, um, being younger as a Christian and, and just not having this, this sense of like how powerful praise is, like especially praising God, praising people, praising situations. I was the kind of person uh, early in my Christian walk that was just so negative. I was like a negative Nancy. My humor was very sarcastic. I would tear people down. I would just say, oh, that's dumb. That's stupid. This, this church is stupid. And I would, I would take things and I would just tear it down. And, and it was not good. I think about my life looking back and think there was a time where I, I was just convicted by the Holy Spirit that I am tearing down and I'm tearing down to be funny. And it's, it's, in, it's in this like just sense, oh, I'm just joking. I don't really think that's dumb, but I kind of think it's dumb and I get people to laugh about it. But I, the, the Holy Spirit convicted me. I can remember the moment 
When I was um, in my late college days, I would call it the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I, I've learned some, where, wherever Brett is, where is Brett? He's in the back there. He talks about this, kind of gave me this week language to think about it. And he said, like, the baptism of the Holy Spirit to him, and I, I would say to me, was like when we got these glasses, we saw the world and faith and the kingdom of God in monochrome, kind of black and whitish, very little color. And then we got these glasses to put on, and we, from the inside out, saw the world in a new way, and we got gifts of the Holy Spirit. If you've ever seen a video, YouTube this later, uh, just a, a guy gets uh, a colorblind correction glasses. There's, there's quite a few of these videos on YouTube. Someone gets some of these very expensive glasses because he's been colorblind his whole life, puts on the glasses and just immediately starts weeping. Is this how you see the world? Is this how the world is really supposed to be seen? Wow. So I remember that moment in my life, late college, I would call it the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I just was so convicted about, I am going around and just tearing down individuals. I'm tearing down things and I do not want to do that anymore. I want to lift up. I want to praise the Lord and praise his creation and what he does. And there is power in praise. Amen. Point three here is praise the Lord in his sanctuary. Praise him in his sanctuary. Verse one of this uh, chapter of the Bible, verse one of Psalm 50 says, praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty expanse, praise him for his mighty deeds, praise him just with, and he starts listing all of these instruments. And it starts off with praise God here in the sanctuary. This is what this place is to us. Place is important. We say the praise him in his mighty expanse. That's certainly easy to do in Colorado. We go outside, we see the mountains, we look in the distance and we see snow-covered peaks even in the warmer months. We see the river valleys, we see the basins of Colorado and all the beauty. It's like, yes, praise the Lord in this expanse that he has created. And this place, this is also a very important place to praise the Lord. When we come together and praise him, this place becomes unlike any place the world has ever known. This place is a praise place of God's goodness, his mercy, his creation. There is like this, this idea that I've been thinking about this week is like the tidal flows. We don't live by the ocean, but you can get this picture of when the tide comes in and we gather together here in this place. I mean, this place used to just be an old Masonic lodge. Some of you are familiar with that. And, and this place, it was kind of, it hadn't been used in like five years. Uh, someone bought it, turned it into an event center. And now we are this event that rents. We just rent here on Sunday mornings. And we like thinking spiritually about this. Like this place was a Masonic lodge and the weird spiritual kind of things that happened in here, whatever that was, that was an old way. And then it was an old building that got flooded. Like the, the stream right here back in 2013 came in and filled the basement with mud. And this building was just an unused, decrepit building. And now we're here, like God changing the earth, God changing this place and praise now filling these halls. This place is important. And I think in our culture, uh, to kind of talk about the reality of it, uh, church is not seen as a very important thing to do. It's not popular to go to church. I think it's popular to be spiritual. It's popular to take uh, smatterings of the Christian faith and, ta and, and to, for people, the average person, the average Joe, I'm Joe, whatever that's worth, uh, 
to, to take on like a bits of Christianity. I saw a stat I was looking up this week and it said that something like 80% of Americans call themselves people of faith and those, those people, 80% of them say that in some way they are influenced by Christianity. In some way they would say, oh yeah, I'm, I'm a Christian. 80%? Really? Like, where in the world are these people then? I mean, I'm talking to you. You all are in the church. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to everybody else. If Manitou is 5,000 people, 80% is... I mean, I can't figure it out in my head, but, but it's a lot of people. 4,000. 4,000 people. So before we planted this church, New Life Manitou, my family and I, we got to visit the churches in Manitou, some wonderful churches here in Manitou. And by my guesstimation, there was probably somewhere around maybe 50, 60 people of these five churches, if you added them all together, 60 people meeting in Manitou. Praise the Lord that we've launched this church and maybe doubled those numbers. But think about 40 uh, 4,000 people, that's 80% of 5,000. Where are 4,000 people? If, if 80% of the United States says they're Christian in some way, well, where in the world are they? Well, it's, it's probably because people in our day and age talk about, like, church isn't, you know, doesn't do anything for me. People will say that. People will say, well, I get, I get more out of exercise on a Sunday morning than I do get out, I get out of church. Or people will say, well, I don't get fed at church. Or I disagree with the church. And if you listen to them long enough, it's really all about them. And what I want to argue today, this morning with this point here, is that we get together, we come into the sanctuary not for us. I've said this again and again, it's an anthem of New Life Manitou, that when we get together, we praise the Lord. It's not about us. We are praising the Lord. We sing songs and praise, and it is all about Him. It's not about us. This last point here is, is I'm stealing it from Brett's message last week. If you were, were you here last week hearing Brett, he shared a very vulnerable message about his daughter, Daisy. Uh, she has myopathy. My Myopathy, is that how you pronounce it? And she has problems breathing. She has this machine that helps her breathe. And he said through this watching her breathe, this is sometimes she breathes out and she won't breathe in. And she has to be, you know, woken up, like breathe in. It's, it, this is like life. We breathe out and we breathe in. We ask the Lord, to, we praise the Lord, and then we say please to the Lord. This last point is praise and please. This is the other side of last week's message. Last week, Brett concentrated on the please, like asking of the Lord, coming to the Lord in our weakness, saying, please, Lord. The other side of that is, and he hinted at this, is allowing your pleas to become praise. And this psalm is the praise psalm. This is the great praise psalm of the book of Psalms. This is the prayer. This is who we are as Christians. We praise whatever it is we love. We praise whatever it is we enjoy. Think about, like, if you were to come up to me and, and get me excited Think, talking about, like, I like fly fishing. If somebody's come up and just start a conversation about fly fishing, I just get excited. I start praising fly fishing. There's some of you, I think of Chris and Justin, where's Justin, uh, Beto, or Nate, there's Nate. I think about, you start talking to these guys about cars, and they're just going to start praising the cars and the faster and bigger and more power. Start talking, where's Josiah? He's in the back. The Tim and Josiah this morning were just talking about hunting. Get them talking about hunting and being us, and they'll just start praising it. I 
talk, Cindy, get her talking about her daughter and just her daughter just got married and she'll just start praising her daughter. Get people talking about what it is they love and what it is they enjoy and just praise for that thing or that person just starts coming out of their mouths. Let me ask you a question this morning. Let me ask you, it's sort of a test and it's just for you, for you to think about. I'm gonna ask you this question and ask it in, a, in such a way that you're asking yourself, but what, did it, what is it that you think about when the dust settles, when, when things slow down in your life, when you get quiet, what is it that you think about? What is it that you love and that you enjoy? What is it, like if you had a compass and you, you shake it around, turn it upside down, it's kind of just spinning, and you set it on your desk, it'll find, it'll find north. What is the north in your life. Think about this. What is the thing that you think about? Is it the Lord? This is a question for each and every one of us. What is it that we think about? What is it that we love and that we praise? What just naturally comes out of our heart? Is it praising the Lord when all things get quiet and our minds just begin to, th to think and to, th to put away the, the, the world, put away the things of the day? Is it the Lord that we think about? Let me conclude with this story. It's a, a story that I've heard in different ways at different times by preachers. It's a wonderful analogy for church and praising the Lord. So the story is of a little boy in a podunk town in the middle of nowhere a long, long time ago when the best thing that could happen in this town and for this little boy's life was the circus coming to town. And so this boy had never been to the circus. He lived on a farm, did all his chores. On the day of the circus, his dad finally said, yes, you can go to the circus and here is a dollar to go to the circus. Nowadays, I don't think a dollar would buy you a kernel of corn uh, at the circus, but back then a dollar was all he needed. And so he goes rush out to the city square to see the circus. He had never been, didn't know what to expect. And so he has his little dollar in hand and there is lined up the parade of circus things to come in to do the circus. And the boy was so excited. He saw the trapeze artists, the beautiful girls doing flips down the road. He's like, wow, that's so cool. He saw the big macho strong guys with their shirts off. He's like, wow, look how strong those guys are. That's awesome. He saw the cages go by on wheels and there's lions and tigers and bears <laughs> and he sees all this stuff. He sees the clowns acting funny and doing their thing and rolling around. He's laughing. He's smiling. He's like, this is awesome. This is the circus. This is so cool. He sees uh, uh, the giraffes and the, the elephants outside of their cages doing their things. He's like, wow, this is so cool. This circus is awesome. The last guy to go by was the, the, the ring master dressed up with a top hat. He's, he's, he's bowing and people are applauding and he's lifting up the crowd. Everyone's screaming. He's like, wow, this is so awesome. I love the circus. And he goes running out to the ringmaster with his dollar and gives the ringmaster his dollar. The ringmaster's like, uh, okay, thanks, whatever. Uh, that's weird. And this kid goes running off. He runs back home with a big smile on his face and says, the circus was awesome. That was so cool. I'm so glad I got to go to the circus. But the problem it's, he didn't actually go to the circus. He just saw the parade going to the circus. He didn't actually experience any of the circus. I mean, he left with a smile. He left thinking that was awesome. And I wonder how many of us thinking about church, including myself, come to church and we're like, 
wow, that was awesome. The, the music, those guys singing up there, that was so cool. And the preacher, man, he was awesome. He, he talks about Psalm 150, that was so cool. And, and then we leave. And it's like, well, did you praise the Lord yourself? Did you think about who the Lord is? Did you praise him? Are, are you missing the whole, are you leaving with a smile and thinking, wow, that was pretty cool. That was awesome. That was church. They had good music and, and this and that. But are you missing the entire thing? Are we missing it? And I, I want to pray this morning that, that we are not. Would you bow your heads with me? Would you stand up as well? Would you quiet yourself and, and stand in a place where we think about this and say, Lord, we pray to you now. We, we praise your holy name. Lord, we thank you and, and want to invite you here that you might be praised, Lord, with our lives, with timbrel and dancing, with, with instruments and harp and lyre and cymbals and loud cymbals. Lord, we gather here as a church to praise your holy name. You've done so much for us, considering the gospel, considering you, your son, Jesus, who we're praying to now. You died on a cross, and there is so much to be grateful for, so much to praise you. So, Lord, with quiet hearts, we praise you, Lord. We, we quiet our hearts and, and, and wait and listen for the earth to erupt in praise, to sing songs in praise. Lord, we praise you right now with our hearts. Not, Lord, take away anything in us that is of an attitude of, of just crossing our arms. Lord, take that away. Take away the attitude of looking at our watch and not engaging in worship and praise. But, Lord, invite us in. Lord, we, we invite you in to praise your holy name. Because, Lord, you are good. Your faithfulness endures forever. And, Lord, we praise you. Amen. Jesus Christ, we recognize that central to the life of praise is, as Joe is saying, emptying ourselves of cynicism, emptying ourselves of sarcasm, of criticism, ultimately of all those forms of despair. We confess them to you this morning in these moments as your church we want to be alive we want your life to course through our veins as we sang earlier and so right now church I invite you to join me in confessing, um, in a, con a prayer of confession that's going to be right here on the screen, I say in faith. There it is. Join me in confessing, in emptying ourselves so that we can be filled. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. 
We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name.